I admit to being freaked out about podcasting until I discovered Anchor. First off, it's free. It has creation tools that allow me to record and edit podcasts. Most importantly to me, it distributed my podcast to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a lot of others. Yeah, it also allows me the opportunity to make money on my podcast, which is a win. But most important overall, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's a huge win. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's Saturday night, which means it's time to run it back. This is Run It Back NBA Week in Review. Voice of the Fan, home of fan experts. We exist to amplify the voice of passionate basketball fans worldwide. Tonight, I'll be joined by Rene Roca and Isaac Edelman to recap their team's week. Uh, we'll also be doing a rapid recap of the week, and we're going to end today with a question of the day. Um, let's begin with a rapid recap. On Sunday, uh, there were six games. That was an upset day in the NBA. The Hornets beat the Nets. The Magic beat the Knicks. On Monday, there were nine games. Highlighted by the Celtics overtime thriller over the Hornets. Um, On Tuesday, there were five games. The San Antonio Spurs, who I know we'll be talking more about, Played really well, but lost to the Lakers in overtime. Wednesday, there were 10 games. This was a battle of the beasts in the East, with the Heat coming out on top, beating the Nets. This is twice we brought up the Nets, and twice it was a loss this week. They did not have a good week in Brooklyn. On Thursday, there were six games. The suddenly good Memphis Grizzlies beat the Warriors in overtime. Um, We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Grizzlies. Today, um, I, I think, because I know that they're up against uh, the Heat on Friday. Then yesterday, there were seven games, um, and, and I'll use highlighted in quotes here by uh, highlighted by Denver just destroying the Mavericks by 31 points. There's always going to be games like that, uh, unfortunately for the Mavericks that happened in them last night uh, against Denver. So that's our rapid recap of the week. Before we jump to uh, our kind of in-depth, more in-depth team recaps with the rest of the team, I wanted to call out one thing, and I'm going to go ahead and make this a little bit bigger so y'all can see it if you're watching. Y'all have heard the term, the cream rises to the top, right? Uh, Which is another way of just really saying over time, the best players start doing what they always do. The best teams get up near the top of the standings. What Impressed me when I looked at the stats this today, uh, this morning, was look at these names. The cream is already at the top, man. Curry is leading the association in points 
Um, Rudy Gobert in rebounds, Chris Paul in assists. These are the players you expect to see there at season's end. Usually, uh, maybe oftentimes is a better word. You will see one you know rogue guy, one 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 player who you, you know is having a great start, but you don't expect to uh, maintain it. But not so much this season. These are the numbers for pretty much everybody that you would expect to see at season's end. Um, which is pretty surprising. Now, there are some people kind of below, maybe Avery Bradley is a three-point percentage. You know, not that he or anybody else here is going to keep shooting 60%, but seeing him at three is probably pretty surprising. There are others, but for the most part, the leaders are the people that you expect, for the most part, to see at season's end, which I thought was a little interesting. So with that kind of out of the way, let's dig into detailed recaps. I'm going to provide the recap for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, we are uh, grateful to have a, uh, a new Clippers contributor who hopefully will be joining us uh, soon, certainly writing about the Clippers and maybe joining us here. Uh, but until then, y'all get me. Uh, the Clippers had a rough week. Um, the Clippers were uh, one and two they beat the Blazers, lost to the Cavs, and lost to the uh, to the Blazers. Right, so they played the Blazers twice. When they beat the Blazers, there was a lot of talk about you know this team's looking good. You know, the Blazers it's time to blow them up. Um, you know, invariably you know overreaction uh, on both sides. What's happened then after that is the Clippers lost, like I said, to the Cavs and the Blazers again, or to the Blazers playing them a second time, and they looked really bad in those two losses. Um, the Clippers, without Kawhi, were not necessarily expected to be championship contenders, but they were expected to be better than they've been playing. Um, anybody will tell you, you know, uh, one bounce here, one bounce there, things could be different. I saw a tweet today that said, you know, based on their shooting percentages, uh, you know, they should be four and one, but they're one and four overall. Uh, it is what it is right now. Uh, the Clippers had a bad week and overall a rough start to this season. So once again, the Clippers one and two, is there concern? Yeah, there's gotta be. Um, I made a point last night, uh, in watching the game that it's okay to have one game where you don't play well, where there's a lack of energy, where there's just no motivation. Um, it's not okay to have that two games in a row. And unfortunately, that's what happened to the Clippers. They just did not show up against the Cavs or the Blazers. I mean, they just did not play well, did not shoot well. Um, Paul George had a really good game last night. But, you know, when you have a good game and a loss, you know, it matters a whole lot less. So, yes, there's definitely some concern. No particular team news, nothing of note. Um, But um, other than other to say, other than to say the Clippers are in need of a win. They absolutely need a better week next week than they had this week. So with apologies to the guys uh, coming uh, next who who are, you know, really, really, really uh, well-versed and connected to their team. That is my Clippers update. Uh, Now we're going to, Oh wait, I forgot to drop my pin, man. Sorry. That was me in LA. (laughs) We're going to go to San Antonio area. I'm going to make sure to drop the pin now. and We'll bring in Renee Roca. Renee has been uh, covering the Spurs with us now for two seasons. 
uh, knows the team really well, big fan, and also uh, the uh, writer of a uh, what will hopefully be a weekly column called I Said It, I Own It, where he just says outlandish things, but he sticks by them. He says it. <laughs> he owns it. Renee, <laughs> glad you're here. Thank you. Tell us about the Spurs. What kind of week did they have? Uh, they, they had they were 0-2. Uh, so along with everything that 0-2 can, uh, uh, that, that comes with that, uh, they are right now a philosophical challenge. And I don't mean that the players or the coach, uh, a lot of fans are having a really hard time with this season already. And uh, I understand a lot of them are young. You know, and this is probably the first time in their lives that they've seen the Spurs, I wouldn't say play poorly because they're not playing poorly. They're just not winning games, if that makes sense. I think you know what that means. We know what that means because you guys are, everybody in the Peach Basket are true basketball fans and know what I'm getting at. Um, all of the things that, that I said in the preview are coming true, so I should have yelled, I said it, I'll own it then as well. Uh, they've had a different scorer in all five games this season, which is something that I said was probably going to happen, is they don't have a, a tried and true uh, guy to go to, the, the, a go-to guy. Uh, they have nobody to lean on late. They've been playing um, with high energy. They play decent defense. Uh, they've taken leads in pretty much every game, sometimes uh, double-figure leads. They just can't close the deal. And um, it is it is what it is. They just don't have the personnel right now, or the experience, rather. This is something they have to work through. Uh, one of our favorite players, Jakob Pertl, has been playing pretty well. I nicknamed him ya- you know, Jakob. I named him Yak Diesel. Uh, he's been playing. Um, he's a serviceable five. I, I had said that they needed interior presence. Well, he's providing that. I, sh- You know, he needs a sidekick. He needs a solid four. And I'm not being demanding in saying that, am I? I think everybody could use a solid uh, power forward at this at this point. Um, it's it's rough. I, I, I thought this would happen. Um, you know, the, the losses, it, it becomes discouraging. We really don't like to see our teams lose. But we have to take into account uh, what's happening, uh, you know, and it's just young guys having to get uh, experience. And as far as team news goes, they sent their first round pick, uh, Josh uh, Joshua Primo, down to their G League affiliate in Austin. And uh, I think that's a good idea, even though uh, this is still a team that's short on experience. Uh, he'll get better or more uh, playing time in Austin than he will in San Antonio. That's basically what's going on with it. So much to talk about. Let me ask you a couple of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one, um, what I like about the Spurs, having just watched them against uh, against the Lakers, especially mm. when I compare them to the Clippers and the, the week the Clippers had, the Spurs pit play with energy. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it's one thing to not have the personnel like you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. But they they don't have the personnel. But they play really hard. They play really well. They're, they're, they play well together. Uh, is that, that, I mean, I would think from the outside looking in, that's a Popovich thing, man. That's a system thing. 
uh, we may not, you know, win a lot of games because you know, we don't have the personnel, but we're going to play hard. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, I mean, is, it, am I right in that assessment for the Spurs? That that's exactly correct, and and I would say that that the the only criticism I would ever give you know give this team is for a lack of effort, and I don't see that happening. And that that goes back to the coach, exactly as you said. Um, Greg Popovich is. He, we know who he is, and you know um, the, the the players do respond to him. They have mentioned that they've said it. Uh, I, I believe Lonnie Walker the other night again. That just reminded me the other night. I think the Dallas game. Uh, he uh, Greg Popovich and um, Dejounte Murray were having a conversation late in the game. That look, they're really bonding. Let's put it that way. You can see that he's listening to his coach and his co- coach is coaching and it reminds me a little bit not to go that far but it reminds me a little bit of uh um tony parker's early years and le- i'm not saying that's gonna happen here but uh this is a player responding to his coach and you know greg popovich has a great relationship with other players in the league i don't know if you saw after the lakers game he and lebron james were uh, very chummy. Uh, after the Dallas game, he and Luka uh, Doncic were very chummy. Um, players respect Greg Popovich, and I imagine that his players do as well. That's yeah. all on him. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, outstanding. And listen, at the end of the day, that's all I want for my basketball team. You know, I want them to play right. hard. The wins that's and right. losses, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you'd rather win than lose. But, oh yeah. Uh, I want I want them to play with a little bit of passion, and and that's what mm-hmm. we didn't see um, in LA for the Clippers, and and what I've seen uh, when I've watched the Spurs. All right, appreciate it. As always, a great recap for the San Antonio Spurs. Thank you, Renee. Thank We're you. Go ahead and put you back in the the, the bullpen, so to speak, uh, and we'll bring in Isaac. Isaac runs a phenomenal site called FL Teams. They are a partner of ours based out of Florida, actually cover all things Florida sports, not just basketball. So if you want to hear about or read about anything related to Florida sports, flteams.com is the place to go. Isaac, thank you again for joining us. Give us an update on the heat. Well, as always, Jose, thanks so much for allowing me to be on here to share my thoughts about the heat. And I first want to start off by saying simply the heat, season has started off as good as possible. This week the Heat were 3 and 0 and before diving into their wins and the the specifics and details of the wins, I just want to say that the the Heat don't even have Victor Oladipo and they're doing this good. So the Heat are not at full strength and they are already playing well and they have played some tough competition thus far. I want to first talk about the last game against the Charlotte Hornets. It was on national television. And the Heat stopped Miles Bridges. I don't know if you guys know a lot about Miles Bridges, but you're going to have to know a lot about him because so far this season he is playing terrific. The Heat shut him down. And what is Jimmy Butler doing? Jimmy Butler, uh, as we saw last year, was a guy who averaged close to 20 points per game, and he got most of his credit for stealing the ball and playing defense and dishing the ball to other players. This year, the Heat have Kyle Lowry, who hasn't played that well thus far, but he has gotten everyone involved on the Heat. Who has he gotten uh, involved in the Heat's offense? Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero arguably has been the 
uh, Heat's best player this season, and that is amazing. Last year was his sophomore season. The year before, which was the NBA bubble, was his freshman season. His freshman season in the bubble was absolutely amazing. Last year, he averaged better numbers per game, but it wasn't as big as a uh, step as I and other Heat fans would have liked. But this year, he is really playing well. I know Jose was saying this in our Slack chat, which, by the way, is terrific. Um, he is an early six-man-of-the-year candidate, and I love that because Goran Dragic last year at one point was thought to be a six-man-of-the-year candidate, and obviously yeah. he was traded to the Raptors with Precious Achua um, for Kyle Lowry. But let's quickly just uh, discuss the scores of the last few games for the Heat. The Heat beat the Hornets 114-99. to The Heat then beat the Nets, who are a very good team, even without Kyrie Irving, but the Heat haven't haven't uh, struggled against these good teams, and obviously they didn't, winning 106-93. to 93. And then the Heat beat the Magic, who we cover on FL teams, 107-90. to 90. So the Magic, maybe not that tough of an op- opponent, but beating the Nets is a very, very, very good sign, and beating the Hornets yeah. is another good sign. Yeah, I did say that Tyler Hero looks like an MVP, or pardon me, not an MVP candidate, but a six-man-of-the-year candidate. I, I think you're crazy not to have him on the list. I said it. I'll own it. Apologies to Renee. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he's looking great. And um, uh, you brought up you know, a point that I, I, I just didn't put it together until just now. Think about this, man. Every player like Tyler Hero who's in their third NBA season, this is their first season playing – a regular NBA season, a full 82 yeah. games. This is his first season. That's just amazing to me. Um, and, and I wonder if, you know, we had a chance to talk to Tyler Hero or anybody who's the third league in or third year in, do they think that was good? Do they think that was bad? I mean, for me, from my perspective, thinking about kind of easing you in with, you know, that bubble experience with a lot less games and then a few more games with, you know, again, just relatively no crowds. Um, in the second season to this, I, I think that that might have made it easier, the transition easier. I, I don't know, but it's it's fascinating to me that everybody who's playing uh, their third, starting their third season this season, this is their first full season in the NBA. Um, that's a good point to discuss. Obviously, uh, Tyler Hero thrived in the NBA bubble environment last year. He didn't do good, and obviously, it was in a normal environment where you travel. Yeah. And this year he is traveling, but there's now fans. And by the way, Hero loves the spotlight. Um, I, I I'm st- I'm gonna remember this. I think for the rest of my life. The I don't know if you know this shot, but remember the shot against the Sixers, that amazing three pointer. It, w- it was in his rookie season. It forced okay, overtime yeah. for the Heat. And, you know, as a as a Heat fan, we know those moments. But Tyler sure. Hero loves the spotlight, and I'm sure NBA fans know. He said he, he wants to be in the same, and he should be considered in the same NBA tier as you know, the likes of Luka Doncic, and so far he is living up to that tier. Matter of fact, he has played better than those those players in that tier, such as Luka Doncic. Yeah. All right, well, I, I'm a fan, um, and I hope he can continue because it's, he's been really fun to watch, shooting the ball just unbelievably well. All right, Isaac, is always a great recap of the Miami Heat. Thank you. I hope uh, continued success for that team out in the East. Now, I'm going to go ahead and bring Renee back, and we're going to pivot to the NBA question of the day. Um, 
no real rhyme or reason here. I just kind of think about the NBA. Um, and, and basically, I like to ask questions about things that, you know, maybe people are talking about. The NBA season is still pretty new. I didn't want to ask anything about uh, Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving. I didn't want to ask anything about the Lakers or the Nets because <laughs> I think all of that is talked out. So this is today's question of the day. We're going to ponder it. We're going to debate it. We're going to discuss it. Should the NBA award an MVP for both conferences like Major League Baseball does? Um, I first heard this probably a year or two ago, and I was fascinated by the concept. I'm going to go ahead and give my thoughts first, and I was questioning whether you know how to do this, but let me just go ahead and give you my thoughts, which will kind of give you an idea as to why I asked this question. My first thought was to push back. No, that's stupid. I don't like it <laughs> because that's not how we've ever done it. But then, right, when I thought of MLB, you know, and, and there is a, 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 an MVP in the East and in, in the West, and nobody's ever given it any thought. I mean, it just makes sense. And I started to kind of think about it. And, yeah, man, I, I like it. I think the biggest problem with doing this, and I'll put problem in quotes, is you obviously can't stop at MVP then, right? Then you're going to have a six-man of the year for each conference. You're going to have a most improved for each conference. And I don't know that that's a bad idea. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I kind of tend to like it. I'm about probably 51, 49, inching more toward, towards liking it than not. I think the argument against might be, listen, there's more players in, ma in Major League Baseball. There's certainly more teams in Major League Baseball. Um, and you could make that argument. But I think because of the fact that the East doesn't play the West often, I mean, there's two games in a regular season. You know, when, you know what I mean by a regular 82-game season? They play each other twice. Um, I, I, I like it. I like the idea of East players really feast on East players, West on West players. Let them have an individual MVP. Uh, let's take it in order, Isaac. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are the following. I think the question should be MLB question of the day. If you look at the NBA, if you look at the NFL and the NHL, there is only one MVP, and there's not one in each conference. So I think the MLB should be the spotlight here, and I think what they're doing is wrong, meaning what the NBA wow. is doing right now, having one MVP combined for both conferences, is the smart move. Why, you ask? Well, it's Why? as simple as I do this. ask. In the MLB, you have a National League MVP and an American League MVP, but no one knows who is the more deserving MVP, right? You could speculate. Does Mike Trout deserve to win MVP or Jacob DeGrom? Which one? But in the NBA, you know who the best player for that season is, otherwise known as the most valuable player because there's only one MVP. So basically, you know, if the NBA wanted to be like the MLB, having an MVP for both conferences, I would be fine with it. But I just think having one MVP other than two is better. And I think it's been proven and there's evidence because the NFL and NHL have the same strategy as the NBA. The MLB is the only sports league that doesn't have that strategy. Interesting. All right. Yeah. And, and, and I do have to correct myself. I said East and West for uh, major league baseball, as Isaac points out. Yeah. It's American league and national league. Um, okay. Interesting. Right. So I, I, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Isaac with a solid thumbs down. Renee, you got to tie, you got to break the tie, man. What are your thoughts on uh, MVP award? 
I, I think I had the uh, same knee-jerk reaction that, heck no. But um, I, no, you know what? Uh, I The idea is to sell the sport, to sell the league. And I think that this is another way to do it. Now, uh, I agree with uh, what Isaac said, that you have a clear-cut MVP in the NBA. But if you have an Eastern Conference MVP, a Western Conference MVP, you, it opens up debate. So it opens up uh, opportunities for us to talk about uh, to talk about it here and to write countless articles. And well, right. I think you know, you know, Kevin Durant. Well, it could be uh, Steph Curry. Uh, no, I think he, you know, and it, it goes on and on and on. And it, it just it's more for us to 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 play around with and to. Uh, you know, have our own uh, discussions. So, yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I like the idea of it being neatly one guy, but hey, why not two? <laughs> why, yeah. you know, it's so funny. So, yeah, I, I'll say. I started saying, you know, I'm 5149, and then I'm listening to Isaac, and I'm like, oh, no, he's right. Now I'm listening to Renee, and I'm thinking, no, 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 he's right. <laughs> so, and, and Isaac, <laughs> even you said you would be okay with it if they did it. You just have this. I would be know, okay. You, exactly. You'd have this opinion. You, Renee, you bring up mm-hmm. a really interesting point, right? The NBA, I've always said, has has been a, a, a league that really embraces the entertainment aspect of what they do. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think a really good example of that is this, you know, the, the top 75 thing that came out. Um, mm-hmm. It comes out, and the very first thing people do is, is they debate it, right? Who's missing? Mm-hmm. Who didn't deserve to be there? Should they have kept the top 50? And it, it generated lots of good content, lots of good conversation. And um, at the end of the day, that's what the NBA wants to do. They, they, they have to they have to sell the product. So creating these two MVPs, if they were potentially to do it. Yeah, you are absolutely right, Renee, to say, can you imagine the endless debate? Is it Durant? Is it Curry? Um, you know, and to, to get to Isaac's point, you know, like in, in Major League Baseball. Is it uh, DeGrom or is it uh, Mike Trout? Answer Mike Trout. But that's that's the whole <laughs> point of doing something like this, I think. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm solidly on 5149-4. Isaac, have we convinced you or are you still against? Um, I, I, I really am sorry for not giving a definite um, you know, answer because I never said that I'm against it. Again, I, I, I like, you know, that there's just one clear-cut MVP. But listening to Renee and as someone who wants to work in the NBA and in other sports in the future, selling your product, selling people to watch yeah. the NBA and to buy apparel and that stuff is important. And what Renee said absolutely sold me. Because, again, I want to be a sports broadcaster. I want to be a sports writer. I want to work in sports. And selling your product is what you need to do. And what mm-hmm. Renee said is absolutely correct. Oh, right on. Well, way to go, Renee. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll own well, I think it. We, <laughs> you said it, you own it. Outstanding. Well, then I'll hey, own it. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, and I, I think we, we've come to a consensus now. Let's see what the NBA does with it. Um, that is it. That is our show. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week on Saturday to once again run it back the voice of the fan drop a bounce pass throw down the rim rocker lay up off the glass right past the shot blocker i follow through like kobe's money you can cash it for news on la hoops come over to peach basket up to 
update sports, post-game reports, debates and play-by-play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket.